thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm Camille Diaz, and if you are sick and tired of setting goals and not achieving them, jump on over to my website, go.optimized.zone. Enroll in my online course, Driven, and gain access to the exact formula I've used to accomplish my goals, like write a book, increase revenue, lose 30 pounds, and record over 100 episodes of this podcast. Start experiencing the joy and satisfaction that comes with achieving your goals. That's go.optimized.zone. Welcome. This is Money Heart, where we explore the emotional side of money. I'm Camille Diaz, and today we're discussing investing in your personal image. My guest is Latasha Kobler. She's an American fashion designer and stylist who's been internationally recognized and awarded. Latasha, welcome to Money Heart. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and delve in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you're a fashion designer, which a lot of us don't know fashion designers. So kind of share with us a little bit about what it is you do and how you got started and how all that works. Yes, absolutely. So I'll, I'll, let's, I'm going to jump into my story and then we'll talk more about like day to day of what's going on and what that actually looks like. Yeah, so really in 2017, I, I went through something that was really tragic in my life. Mm -hmm. I had the loss of my baby sister and we were really close. Um, so it was a dark period for me. It was a really a dark time. And before she had passed away, we had spent our very last day together. We had spent doing vision boards and I was like, I think I want to be a fashion designer. And she like looked at me like I was crazy. And she was like, okay, I believe in you. You should do it. Um, and her board was, she was going off to college. So her board was like all about like learning and education and all, you know, all of that fun stuff. And that was the last day we spent together. And so we had our vision wow. boards and and I put my vision board in the garage and you have dreams, but sometimes we're like, cool, we have this cool idea. We have this dream, but we don't always follow through with it. And from her, my experience with losing her, I literally was asleep one night and in the middle of the night, um, just woke up and like, it was just like this calling and it was, a you know, I went out and found my vision board. And I was looking at it and I was just sobbing, you know, it was, it was such an emotional connection for me. And I was like, I am going to honor myself. I'm going to honor my sister's spirit and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do what I love, what I'm passionate about. I'm going to follow my dreams. And so from that really dark period is kind of how, what was like the last turning point for me, like it kind of pushed me into following fashion and, and, and my passions for elevating women. And that's how I got where I am. <laughs> that was such a beautiful story. I did not know that about you. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think, I think we all can relate in the sense of like, we all go through darker things and they're all, it's an experience for us to learn and grow and push us. So I just use that opportunity or what I was feeling to follow my passions. And I think that's something that we all can do. Yeah. I, I think that's a great inspiration for all of us is, you know, when we find that thing we think we really want to do 
a lot of us don't do it because we don't have that that push or that event that's that's our moment that we go oh gosh I see what's truly important to me right Um, yeah 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 it's 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 exciting for me because I'm doing what I love but also I'm honoring life, just, you know, being here and being present in the moment and my sister too, like she's always with me still in everything that I do. And for me, that's just such a beautiful way to live every day. And so I, I hope that if anybody took anything away from today, it's like, follow your dreams, be, you know, find inspiration, go out there, do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Such, such a wonderful, a wonderful thing to, to kick us off today of just, following what your heart, you know, what you, what's really on your heart to do and, and finding a way to make it happen. Cause I'm sure that it wasn't an easy start for you. You didn't just, well, I'll just quit my job and get rolling on this. It's going to be awesome. Oh, girlfriend. No, I didn't. I've always been an artist and into like the visual creativity of things and in painting and drawing. <laughs> I didn't know anything within the industry about fashion of what to do. <laughs> so wow. literally, um, I didn't know how to sew. I didn't know how to pattern, design. I didn't know any of it. I had to learn from scratch. And I've just been like hustling and aligning with it ever since. And I am where I am because I worked hard at it. <laughs> yes, you have to put the work in. Absolutely. It's not, a, it's not that quantum leap that everyone always thinks it is. It's like one day I decide to be a fashion designer. Day two, done. You know, Success, <laughs> yay. Here <laughs> you are no, I- work. So what does that kind of look like? What's your day-to-day work? What do you, what do you normally do? Yeah. So there really, when you're a small fashion designer, it, it, I think the bigger fashion houses make it look so easy. And even like being on the inside, I'm just like, you know, like they have teams of scores of designers and people sourcing fabric and designing for them. But when you're a smaller designer, really what it looks like is you're, you, it starts all with inspiration. So you're, you're finding something that inspires you, that sparks something in you, and you're sketching it out, you're laying it out. And then from there, you are finding fabric, you're sourcing the type of fabric for it. Um, we do what's called uh, a sample. So you're kind of just playing with it, um, or you buy a what's called a muslin, which is kind of a unbleached um, plain fabric that you're playing with on the mannequin to get the design and the cut right. And from there you can buy your fabric because you don't want to spend fabric is expensive and you don't want to spend money on fabric that you're just, you know, ruining on the mannequin trying to get things right and adjusting. So we usually start with a muslin and then um, we create a sample. And from there you can create your pattern. And this looks a little bit different for, um, production purposes. If you are a smaller designer who does more bespoke, custom, one of a kind things, I don't have a large production. So I'm creating samples that are literally going to just be for this one customer or a few customers. And But if you are a designer who has a full line production and you are like, sending your stuff to thousands of stores, then you have what's called a tech pack. And that's the technical details of everything that goes from the stitching to zippers, the style, the cuts, the fit, uh, darts, anything and everything of how that garment is created. It goes into a tech pack. 
then that check pack goes to your production facility and they use that to pattern and cut your garment and then sew it together. Wow. That's, that's really involved. That's much more than I would think. Well, you just make a thing and then, and then you tell somebody else to make that thing again. Oh, right. I wish it was so easy. <laughs> and I dream of having team members to help me because it's, it, it's so labor intensive when you're doing it um, from start to finish on your own. And then on top of that, you have like your marketing and photo shoots and, you know, websites and all this social media and all this other stuff that you're, you're constantly juggling to like fit it all in. And I, I love it all. I love the whole process. Um, but luckily I am almost to that point of like hiring and growing my team so that I can solely focus on designing and because that's my passion. I love elevating women and finding fabrics and cuts and things that like make them feel like a queen. <laughs> and yes, so that, that's, that's the whole gist of it. That's what happens. Um, after sampling, you, of course, buy your fabric, you pattern, you grade it, which means you're finding the sizes um, different sizes for different women. And believe it or not, we are so globalized now that there's unfortunately not one size. There is a size standard, but nobody uses it. Um, this, that's why you find, you know, you might be a size six in one brand and then the next brand you're like a size 14 and you're like, what in the world happened here? <laughs> like, why uh -huh. did I, yep. <laughs> how can I be so skinny one day and not the next? Um, so there's, there's lots of, you know, lots of brands, they do things a little bit differently. And um, for, I realize that women are real women and my, my sizing is a little bit more generous, I think, than the typical like European type sizing. I, because in America, we just are a little bit thicker and uh, we all don't look like supermodels. So I am a little bit more generous in my sizing. Um, yeah, so I, I I love it. That's kind of what a day looks like for me. It's pretty chaotic, <laughs> but yeah, I love it's it. A, it's a really interesting point that you make because it seems like most of what you're doing is not the design part right now. Being right, you spend your maybe ten or fifteen percent of your time gets to be spent on the coming up with the concept and the idea and how you want something to look, and the rest of your time is spent actually making it happen until you yes. get that crew. Yes. So that's, I think that's, that's a beautiful point to bring up, especially if there are like aspiring fashion designers that are going to be watching this. Cause I think when you first start and you're like me, you're like, Oh, I love design. I'm going to just design all day long. And that's not the truth. <laughs> we are, um, your, most of your time is not spent designing when you're starting out. It's spent, um, you know, building your business and, you know, creating the other aspects of it. And I think that's really important to point out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actual work again, work. It falls right back to, I have to do some work. Let's yes. That. <laughs> yes. And I actually really liked your point about the sizes. And so I, I want to tell people that, you know, the, the dress that I'm wearing for today's episode, and I know our listeners can't see it, but they can at moneyheartshow.com. Um, when you ask for my size, you said, send me your measurements. And I right. thought that was brilliant because then you came back with a dress that fits me perfectly. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. 
Yes, yeah. and you look beautiful in it. So Thank everybody you. go to your website and see her. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, and I, I really like that because you didn't say, well, what size are you? Because if you would ask that, I'd have no idea what to tell you. I'm like, well, um, this usually, and then sort of, and kind of, but if you're just going off measurements, that's brilliant because you have actual numbers yes. to work with. So Yeah, so I, I was able, based on your figure and your measurements, we were able to create a dress that fits you like a glove and you look gorgeous in it. Thank you. And it does. I put it on and, I'm, and, and, and I have my daughter zip it up for me. I'm like, oh, it, it, wow, it really fits like all perfectly. It was, it was a really cool experience. Um, so that kind of leads me to the next thing I want to talk about is the you know, what's the difference between getting something that is a custom made piece or a really well designed, maybe even tailored piece versus getting something that's off the rack or very inexpensive? Because I feel like there's tons of stores and I've been to them plenty of times where you can get, you know, shirts for $7 and dresses for 15 and sweaters for 25 or 50 or something like that. Um, but I don't think I've ever put on something that I zipped it up and went, Ooh, you know, that that's, that's very different. So kind of tell us what goes into those two different things now. How, how is it worth it to, to spend more to get the custom piece or the more expensive piece? Right. So I, this, we could probably spend like three hours on this topic. Um, I know we don't have that kind of time, That's okay. but really there is quite a lot of differences. So when you are, when we're talking about like the heart of money and what you're investing in and you're investing in yourself, there is a difference, like you said, from putting on something that cost you $7 that you're like, uh, oh, this is okay. I'm going to wear it twice and throw it away versus investing in maybe something that's 150 or $200 that you take pride in and that you know you've invested in it, you've invested in yourself and you're going to keep it for a while. And there, there are lots of differences in the back end of these garments, right? So for something to cost you $7, they've bought that fabric for pennies on the dollar and it's been created in everything still has to be hand sewn. There's no like magic machine that makes all these garments. So these garments that are cheaper are being produced in third world countries and very poor conditions and the people aren't getting paid fairly. And the companies of course are buying this fabric really, really cheap, which means the fabric has been manufactured really cheap and it's caused a lot of, um, things like deforestation and a lot of air pollution. And they produce this at such, you were so globalized now that all this fast fashion has been produced at such a large scale that a lot of it doesn't even get, half of it doesn't even get sold, right? So that's where huge. does it? That's where, so we go to all this expense of making it tearing up forests or, or polluting the air, making the chemicals that are required to make the fabric. And then half of the clothes aren't even making it onto people. Right. Yeah. So they're selling half of it. They're making their profit, um, off, you know, the $7 t-shirt, they've made their profit. They've sold, you know, half of what they needed to sell. And then the rest, think about the last time you went into a JC Penney 
or a Target or a Walmart, and you looked and you've seen all of these clearance racks, like when I go in these stores as a designer, it hurts my heart because I know that the labor that's been put into making these and then what it's cost to the earth and then what it also is going to cost to the earth in its next stages because the stages from there, you don't buy it. It gets put in a landfill or it goes into the ocean and it's just degrading and all those dyes and all of those chemicals are released back into the environment. So, so we're talking about like the cheaper side of fashion and then sometimes this happens in the high end of fashion too. And because it's a label, uh, you're buying a name sometimes people buy fall into that marketing trap of buying a name sometimes they're just as bad at the pollution and the you know the the, the profit side of it too or you know you have mass murders of animals for your higher end leathers and snake prints and it can kind of be nasty <laughs> so what so we're talking about quality and how how you, how, what do you invest in? How do you invest in it? How do you know what to do and what's better to buy? And I think this really comes into aligning with companies that support the things that you support. So if you believe in, you know, sustainability and eco-friendly products, then find those companies that are making those products and they might cost a little bit more. You might be paying, you know, 50, 150, $200 for that product, but they're taking the time and care into making that. And you can feel proud to own that and wear that for, you know, as long as you want. So I think really taking the time to align with your values, what are your core beliefs and find companies that align with that mm -hmm. and support those companies because where we spend our money dictates what happens in the world. So right. if you stop, so if you're like, I'm not buying this fast fashion junk anymore, they won't produce it because they're not going to be making any money. It comes down to profit. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So if I, if I choose to spend on that, you know, and so let's say um, I'm going to get a, a sweater. I really like sweaters and I've found that I do not like the less expensive sweaters because I wash them one time and they shrink or something starts to fray or next thing you know, I have a hole under the arm, you know, I, I've worn it one, one winter and, and I can't wear it the next year and it becomes a pajama sweater. So let's say I'm going to invest in something one, how do I, how do I find that information, especially if I'm shopping, you know, do I have to go to a designer? Where can I find a store that's going to carry something? Is it something I can search for? And then two, talk a little bit about that concept of, okay, I'm probably going to have that sweater for five years. Do I need a new one? Do I, is everyone going to judge me for wearing the same sweater every winter? Like, I that's love a real concern. <laughs> I love that we're going to talk about this. So you can find information. Any um, business that you know is responsible, they'll be very transparent about where they're getting their you know where they're getting their fabrics, how they're manufacturing. Um, there, it's been a couple of years ago, um, and I want to share this. It was heartbreaking for me to be in the industry. I'm a, I'm a smaller design business, obviously. Um, but there were some businesses I had supported for children's clothing and, um, 
some other businesses and they had a factory in a third world country that had reports um, of instability and the building collapsed on these workers and killed like half of them. And you don't, and all of these companies, in my opinion, are responsible for those deaths because they weren't checking. If, If your production is overseas, you should have a production manager that is there making sure that people are treated fairly, paid fairly, um, where are you getting your fabrics? How are they manufactured? What are their, you know, greenhouse processes? And if you don't have that, um, then, and you know, it, that's a whole nother conversation, right? But so when we're talking about how do you find this out about companies, you have to ask, you know, you can do a Google search on companies, you can ask them, you can write their customer service. And that's, you know, we are all down to like the issue of time, right? We don't have time to do that. But there are a lot of companies now that are becoming more and more transparent because it's being demanded by the consumer. And I'm in love with that thought because consumers are really savvy now. They are smart. They're like waking up, they're seeing things, they are aligning with things that they wanna support. They're spending their money with those things and supporting them. So. Really, if you come across a company and you're like, I love their stuff, it's cute, you just have to ask, okay, where are you getting your products? Are you, you know, where are these products coming from? And then if you, you know, if you're in a boutique, they carry all kinds of different brands. You can look those brands up individually and find out what is happening behind the scenes with your garments and how they're being produced. You know, for me, I'm a little bit smaller. So all my customers have to do is ask and I'm like, okay, we're getting the chiffon from, you know, here, it's a really great company. This is their processes. And, um, it, it all comes down to asking. <laughs> you just right. have to just ask the question, where did this come from? And yeah, probably, just to, now that I hear you say, it's probably not that hard to figure it out because everybody's got a website up and if they're doing things in a sustainable way, they're probably, that's probably rolled into their marketing. They're telling people. They're telling people, which can be kind of scary too, because it's became a marketing term. So eco-friendly sustainability, people are using it as marketing, but they're actually not (laughs) as they're not following the, you know, the sustainability that they should be. Um, So it just comes down to a little research and asking them and, I believe in energy too. So how does this piece of clothing, how does this garment make you feel when you put it on? Does you, does it, is it a bad energy or is it, you know, is it an uncomfortable energy? Like they might not be so truthful with you or do you just feel invigorated when you're wearing it? And I think that um, can make a big difference too. And helping you decide, you know, ultimately, how do you feel in something? Do you, is this company being truthful? You can usually kind of get that vibe from people, I think, nowadays, whether they're being honest or dishonest, dishonest about things. So, uh, yeah, just feel, just feel it out. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's a great point that you make that clothing makes us feel a lot. You know, you put on something that doesn't fit quite right and it makes you maybe not look the shape that you love and all of a sudden you're totally sad and just like oh you know yes this is you put on clothing that is cut really well and made well and it's a comfortable fabric or whatever it is that's important to you and you look in the mirror and you're like oh this is awesome you know that that's 
it's a huge difference in what you Yeah, want. I agree. It's kind of this like personal investment in yourself, right? You're investing in your personal image and things that make you feel good. And that is an energy that conveys to other people. People, if you're wary, if you're uncomfortable with yourself and you don't feel good about yourself, that will come across to other people. But if you're wearing something that makes you feel confident and empowered, that will also come across and people will be like, Ooh, who, you know, who's that girl? What are you wearing? Where are you, you know, and you, you get more compliments, which just like empowers you even more. And you know, I'm a, I'm a compliment junkie. I'm a designer. I wear my own designs out when I, when somebody compliments me, I'm like, Oh yes. And I know that it's mine. So it's like, just, you know, empowers me. Double compliment. You look good <laughs> and you made it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love, I love that. And there's I there's an old saying about you know being complimented. I think it was um, a nail tech that I went to. She was like, if you go out and your nails are done and people compliment your nails, that her customers will come back to her. But if people didn't, she would notice that like people wouldn't come back. So it's kind of the same with your image, right? If people are complimenting you and you're like feeling good, you're like, I want to wear more of this. I want to look like this more, and it just grows and grows and grows. <laughs> so interesting of a point because when you know, a lot of, a lot of people, whether you're working for someone else or you have your own business, how you present yourself is a big deal. You know, right. If you're, if you're in front of a, a meeting and you've got to do a presentation or just day to day as, as potential clients are coming to you and you're sitting down with them or they're coming into your store or whatever it is, that way that you look and the way that you feel about how you look influences the whole deal. Yes, 100% to the max. I mean, a fashion has been used um, through the ages to convey a message. And so one of my, I recently watched this documentary about Queen Elizabeth, and I'm really into like the history of fashion and how it, you know, kind of all bolstered into what it is today. And she, um, her, you know, her, she had died, or her father had died, she became the heir and she was a woman in a very manly dominated, you know, it was the king, he was in charge, not the queen. And so people kind of started to whisper, they started to talk. And she had this very elegant, beautiful dress made. And on the dress, it had eyes and ears. And that's it. There's just eyes and ears all over. And you can look this up. Her portrait is made in it. And that was her statement of like, I see you and I hear you and it better stop. I'm in charge. And I, and after she wore that dress and had her portrait made, people stopped talking. They were like, Oh my, she knows <laughs> like she's, she's here. She's not playing. So, you know, fashion was used back then all the way to today to make a statement and it, it's sharing who you are and what you want to say to the world and image has the most powerful impact, uh, you know, ever of our lives, almost, I would say, because we're visual beings and we are constantly judging. We're not like, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not judgy, but okay, you're, we're all judgy, right? <laughs> Everyone's saying something in their head about what they're seeing. Exactly. So what are they seeing? Are you put, are you investing in yourself, in your image? Are you putting your best uh, foot forward or are you not showing up for yourself and not showing up for your business? And that will make a huge difference. I mean, when you go on a date, what do you do? You kind of look them up and down. Do they look presentable? Are they not presentable? If you're in the boardroom and somebody walks in wearing 
sweats and a hoodie, you'd be like, I'm not, I'm not going to take them so serious. They're not making, they're, they're not sharing their message correctly <laughs> with you. Right. Yeah. It was that respect of respecting the other person and the situation that you're in. You know, if you're going on a date, you want to honor the other person that you're going on a date with. You know, I made an effort to look nice to go out with you, not just I rolled out of bed and put some shoes on right, to go out exactly. with you. You know, I, I mean, value you more than that. Yeah, I think we you, we, we hear the dress to impress and it kind of be, became cliche, but it's still so prevalent today. Like you should be dressing to impress all the time. When you're in business and you're representing yourself, I'm a fashion designer, so if I rolled out <laughs> to, you know, some big event in like my active wear, people would be like, girl, what? No, I'm not gonna, I don't trust. I don't trust you. And that's, that's how you build people's trust is through visual stimulation, through your image. You can immediately, I think it's like, what is it? 30 seconds of seeing somebody, we decide whether we like them or we don't like them. Oh, it's probably so, less than that. It's probably almost instantaneous, you know, like four seconds or something. <laughs> 10 seconds or something. Yeah. We're yeah. like, uh, no, dismiss or, yeah. Oh, okay. Let me pay attention to them. They might have something important to say. Or right. So really how you represent yourself, because of course I wouldn't want to make someone feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to wear an evening gown to go talk to somebody on their <laughs> ranch because that's incongruous, but I still would want to wear something that was comfortable for me and that I, I felt good in, you know? Right. Absolutely. So, you know, it's not, you don't have to necessarily go buy a thousand dollar coat to impress somebody. Right. But you, you should be showing up in the best way that you can show up for yourself and for other people. And so dressing like smart casual would be in the scenario you described would be like, perfect. You're still earning that person's trust. You're not overdressed. Cause okay. So if you're overdressed for something, you show up somebody's farm or ranch in a ball gown, they're going to be like instant, not trust. Like, what are you doing here? Like you don't fit in, you know what I mean? So it's, it's being smart about how you look and, um, truly make aligning with businesses that align with your core beliefs and that make you feel good that help you show up for yourself in the best way possible. Right. And so I want to go back to that point that we kind of touched on earlier, but didn't really get to discuss of, okay, so let's say I am investing in, I don't know, 75 to a hundred dollars shirts and, you know, a, a nice $250 jacket or something like that. Can I just keep wearing that for years and years? Do I have this this feeling of like, well, if you're just wearing the same thing over and over, like you're supposed to look a little different every once in a while or keep it new and fresh. Like what what's the deal there? How do I how do I not break the thing? I love because, I love this. Because I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not wanting to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on my wardrobe. And most people, you know, there's a reason fast fashion exists. It's because our budget for clothing is not huge. So how do we, how do we make this work together? Right. So I think, you know, finding, it goes back to aligning with the companies that you want to support and that make you feel good and investing. I think when we think of investment, I always, I I didn't ever think outside of money or houses or cars or, you know, I didn't think as personal image as an investment in myself until 
you know, like my thirties until I started really getting into fashion and seeing how, the power that it had to transform people's lives. But now that I'm in that space and I'm working with women and I'm helping them like elevate themselves, it, it's okay to invest in yourself. It's okay to buy a nice piece of clothing and it's okay to wear it next season. It's okay to have it. You know, I have this, um, I have this coat by a designer that I love and I've had it for five years. I wear it every single winter. The cut is just perfect on my body. I feel empowered and beautiful when I wear it and I am going to wear that. It's a real wool coat and it's lined in silk. So it's like natural, beautiful fibers. I'm going to wear it until I can't. <laughs> and it was, it was more expensive than your, you know, casual fast fashion, but it wasn't outrageously expensive. I think I, you know, paid a couple hundred dollars for it. And, you know, so it wasn't like a high end luxury item, um, but it wasn't like unattainable at the same time. And I think that's really important too. And so if you're, if you're finding yourself in this fast fashion world and you want to get out of it, start saving a little bit and reward yourself with higher end fabrics. So if you, you know, there's a wool dress by this designer that you love and you want to wear it in the fall. Okay. Save for that. Um, you, maybe it's $10 here, $10 there until you can get to where you buy that coat and you love it and you feel good in it and it's okay to wear it over and over again. Please don't fall into the marketing trap of you have to have something new for every single Instagram post or every single day. That's not true. Build a sustainable wardrobe with items that you can style together differently. So maybe you have the same top that you wear with a skirt one day, that same top you wear with a pair of slacks. One day you put a coat over it, it looks completely different. Buy a wardrobe that you love, that you feel good in, that's sustainable and get out of this. Like I have to have, I have to have, I have to have, cause that's not true. You can buy quality items that elevate you and rewear them every year and get out of this like fast fashion trap. I know we had talked earlier. Every time you buy a $20 shirt, and it gets a hole in it and you throw it away. And then you go and you buy another $20 shirt and it gets a hole in it and you throw it away or unravels or whatever. And then you've already spent $250 on shirts and you could have just went and bought a really nice shirt for like a hundred dollars. And yes. I could have two shirts. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, could have, you have two shirts for what you spent on fast fashion and you've also like hurt the planet. <laughs> Right, right. I could have two shirts that were built in a sustainable way that I can still wear five years from now because they still look great. And I didn't have to, essentially I spent less money. I've got $50 extra, even though I've, and now I've really have two, two pieces of quality that I can use. And I think yes. you made a good point there because you talked about seasons. Well, if I have something and I wear it in the fall and then it sits in my closet till the next fall, cool. It's like, I haven't seen it in nine months. Nobody else has either. Nobody else has paid attention to it. They're not going to remember. And even if you repost the exact same outfit and pose or whatever on Instagram, and it's like nine months away, nobody's going to know. You're right. <laughs> like, You're right. <laughs> unless somebody is stalking your page and they like scroll all the way down and find that post and see this post, then you know, nobody's going to, nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. That's true. I think we, we, maybe we put a little too much in. Well, everybody expects me to be 
wearing this or doing this or having a new thing or or that kind of keeping up with the Joneses concept and really everybody just cares about what they're wearing themselves so they don't they don't care that much what I right. have. Oh. I mean they're gonna you know image is important in a sense of like people are gonna you know trust you or not trust you or you know take you seriously but you know for your everyday wear things that you're wearing on Instagram um, people are gonna be like, oh, that that's cute, but they're not gonna give it a second thought, you know, really in the sense of they just see it for 10 seconds on Instagram and it's over, they've moved on to the next 10 posts and the next 10 girls, you right. know, that have used something cute on that they're, you know, wearing. So I, I think it is, you know, I think it's important to dress to impress for success in real life when you're meeting your business meetings and things like that. But for things like Instagram, you don't always need that new thing, which it, it comes down to marketing and, and it's a marketing trap that a lot of us have fallen into and keeping up with the next person. And now you have $20,000 in credit card debt and you can't go on vacation, but you've got this closet full of cheap, clothes that you're going to have to throw away. So it's just being smarter about your money and where your heart is and how you can really elevate yourself in life. And I guarantee you, your vacation photos are, are going to be like much more popular with people than, you know, that's going to make more of a statement of like, Oh, how's she getting to go on vacation? You know, how is she affording this? Then, you know, 10 new dress shots of you. <laughs> right. And I love that concept of um, reallocating where your budget is and really taking a look at how much are you spending on fashion items yeah. that you're not really using or only using a couple of times versus quality things in your life, whether yeah. that's a vacation or some fashion that you rewear or some other thing, maybe you would like to upgrade your where you live, or you know you want to actually save for your future. You know all these novel concepts that that we could do if we would take a closer look at where we are choosing to invest. Right, I I call it buying with intention because even if I'm in a Target and I'm buying groceries and I see something, I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I'm in the designer, so I have that back-end knowledge of everything, but I still like, oh, because we're visual, right? I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then I am then I have to make that decision, right? I weigh out the pros and cons of it. Like, okay, am I going to spend this $20 or $30 on something I'm going to wear once or twice and throw it away, and I know where it's been manufactured, I know how it's been manufactured, I know the pollution footprint of it, or am I going to buy with intention and wait and buy something that's more sustainable that align that aligns with my core beliefs and support another small business? So it's kind of a circle effect. We are you're elevating yourself, but you're also elevating another person or company in the sense of you're supporting them so they stay in business and they are, you know, paying taxes and, you know, things like that. So it's kind of this, I guess, economy and, you know, you can buy from fast fashion, big corporations, or you can support more sustainable solutions with smaller businesses. That's a decision ultimately that you have to make. I love that concept of, of having intention in our purchases. That's, that's a great idea. Just 
all around intention in in all areas yeah i've saved so much money by buying it with intention and it's not just clothing it could be like a new throw rug or sheets or you know whatever do i need this right now in my life does it elevate me does it make bring me joy and i can't tell you how much money i've saved by buying with intention Sometimes it's hard when you're starting. I like to shop, most women do. Um, but when you really start doing that, it will make a world of difference. It is so beautiful. Thank you, Latasha. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to find more information from Latasha or uh, get in contact with her, her website is madaml.com. You can connect on Instagram or Facebook by searching for Madam L Style. Thank you as well to our listeners and viewers. I'm your host, Camille Diaz. This show is sponsored by Serenity Financial, a Five Rings financial agency specializing in financial education, living benefits, and guaranteed lifetime income. Today's money mantra is one that Latasha helped me come up with. It is, I recognize quality and invest intentionally.